How's tomorrow? Some stuff happened this week. God, did it ever. Stuff. Things. Terrifying. Horrifying things that have uh, mm-hmm. sent the game industry all all a Twitter in, many, in various ways. All a Twitter. I like that. All a Twitter. That's a good, yeah. that's a good turn of phrase. Is that your own yeah. phrase? No, I don't think I made that up. I probably, just, I think I took that from somewhere. I'm sorry. I'm you not. Could have taken that. You really think yeah. any of us was going to push back on you? Ah, uh, someone would. I guess. Someone out there's gonna be like, no, no, I know where that came from. I guess that's fair. So, no. I guess that's fair. What yeah. have you been up to this week? Uh, Christ. Uh, okay. I don't know. Other than just putting stuff up on the site, uh, I got through a little bit more Infamous, uh, which is still really good, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying very much. I've just not been able to dedicate as much time to it as I would like. Um, do you know how long that game is offhand? Uh, Jeff was saying there's not a lot to the side quest stuff, so even if you do all that stuff, you're looking at, like, 10, 12 hours. Okay. So, you know, it's not... I've sunk about five into it at this point, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm guessing I'm probably around the halfway point. Yeah, seems right like now. you can mainline it in about eight, and then, you know, it's kind of just a matter of how much screwing around you do, if you want to get collectibles. I, I don't know if there are collectibles. I'm assuming this game has collectibles. It's an open-world game. Yeah, I, haven't, I don't think I've found any collectibles at this point. Oh, I've, really? I mean, I've done That's a bunch good. Of the side, I've done a bunch of the side stuff just like, you know... Uh, taking down all the different, you know, government agency sections and, you know, clearing sectors of the city. But uh, I haven't found any, like, collectible items or anything yet. Maybe I just haven't really been looking, though. That might be the problem. That is. Are you wearing a Dario Argento t-shirt? I am. I'm wearing a Suspiria t-shirt. I was going to say, I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure what other uh, movie you'd be wearing uh, than Suspiria. Have you seen the trailer for that dude? Like, that dude is also one, you know, amongst many, well, you know, like most directors... Most directors become horrible. Uh, right. Most creative folk become horrible. I will become horrible at some point, if not already horrible uh, at the moment. Uh, did yeah. you see the trailer for his Dracula movie? Uh, I did, yeah. It looks real, real bad, and I'm, I've am i been told it is real, real bad. It looks terrible, and it really bummed me out. I'm I'm not like a Dario Argento super fan. Uh, I, I, you know, I like Suspiria all right, but... Uh, I think I, I think I respect him more than I enjoy his stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, some of those classic movies are certainly classics for a reason. But uh, I don't know. Like I've seen two Dario Argento movies I liked, and Suspiria is one of them. So they should just yeah. have uh, Dario Argento direct Phantasm Five. That's coming, isn't it? You were, yeah. I saw you talking about that the other day. Yeah, Phantasm Five is coming. Isn't the Phantasm Five got? Isn't it like the guy from Phantasm Dead? No. No, really. The old, like the old guy, the creepy dude. Yeah, the old creepy guy. No, I thought he was dead. No, 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 no. He's not. No, he's no. not. I, yeah, Phantasm. If say- if you have not seen that series, uh, people will at least probably know the iconic sort of ball with the wing yep. spikes on it, and it drives into people's head, and uh, it's fantastically bad. Uh, it, I mean, the first two I think are legitimately good, as most horror series that go past two uh, tend to be. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I really like the world, and I I am fascinated that in 2014 they are going to make one more of those. But I'll give the I'll give the director credit. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Don Carcelli, is that right? Corselli? Probably. I don't know. Corselli. He directed Bubba Hotep. I, I don't know how to pronounce God, that. which I have not seen since probably like right after it came out on DVD. Okay. And anyway, he 
you know, mentioned that like over the years, lots of folks have wanted to remake Phantasm, but he wanted to wait on a remake of Phantasm that someone else did with a lot of money, uh, so he could close the book on his take on the mythology, which I think I can respect that, even if that series has gone off the rails a long time ago. So I've only seen one Phantasm, and it is Phantasm. Uh huh. And I saw it when I was fourteen, like watching on HBO in the middle of like a Saturday afternoon, someday or whatever, and. All I remember about it is creepy guy and ball. Like, I can't really remember any of the, the actual stuff that happened in the movie. It's been so goddamn long. You should... Should I mm-hmm. go back yep. and watch all the Phantasm movies, Patrick Leppick? When Phantasm Five, It's already shot. Like, they've secretly shot the movie in little bits and pieces over the last two years. So it's not like they're announcing okay. Phantasm Five and then it's going to come out sometime next year. Like, it's coming out this year. Yes, okay. I do recommend you watch all of them. Uh, they have a goofy, endearing nature to them that allows them to go above and beyond how bad some of them become as it goes along. But, yes, you should. You should watch okay. it. Okay. Uh, just to go back real quick uh-huh. to the the infamous thing, when you were talking about collectibles, for some reason I thought you meant, like, hidden stuff to find. Uh, I didn't realize you were just talking about, like, shards. Uh, okay. Yes, there are shards to collect. There are so many shards to collect in that game. I have collected so many shards already. What do the shards do? They are how you upgrade your powers. Okay. And they are extremely helpful as far as uh, as that stuff, and they're they're plentiful too. So you will you will collect many shards as you, as you begin to play that game. I I just played Dark Souls all week. Like, I, that's yeah. all. My wife was sick this week, so she was going to bed at like eight thirty every night, and I played Dark Souls two until one a.m. every single night this week. You are not alone. Uh, I went over to a friend's house, uh, Kotaku writer Tina Amini, last mm-hmm. night, and as I went over to hang out with her for a bit, she was playing Dark Souls. Uh, and every time I talk to anyone over the last like week and a half, they are all playing Dark Souls. Everyone is goddamn playing Dark Souls right now. It's re- it's it's really gripped me in the last couple of days. I mean, I really only started playing in earnest on Monday because I took the day off to kind of dive deep into it, but. Uh, it wasn't really grabbed me the same way the original Dark Souls did, and then I made my way to a section of the game called Iron Keep. Uh, mm-hmm. I have not had too much trouble with the game so far, and then Iron Keep just completely flattened me in the Ooh. most embarrassing way possible. Uh, it was such an incredibly difficult section for all sorts of reasons um, that required like careful planning and like leaving and coming back and strict memorization of a boss and its habits. Like, it was all the things that uh, I really, really like about Dark Souls when it's doing uh, when it's doing its best. And it's a gorgeous environment. I think Dark Souls 2 kind of, for the most part, looks kind of crappy. Uh, mm-hmm. I know there's, you know, been, you know, a brouhaha over some pre-visuals that were released and what it looks like in practice. But it's not... All that aside, I, I think Dark Souls 2 looks kind of crappy in a lot of spots but a spot like iron keep just looks unbelievably good the lighting's fantastic it makes you really excited to uh, check out how the game looks on uh the pc version and uh yeah so just where i will try it if i ever end up trying it i think yeah yeah uh the the reason iron keep for if and i don't want to spoil too much because a lot of people are waiting for the pc version but you know iron keep has a lot of archers and has Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of um as he's like guys with these big maces that I just keep messing up the timing on, and if you miss, 
your timing. They're going to just completely wreck you. And it's less that Iron Keep is in, in, incredibly difficult as much as it tests your patience in a way that one of the re things that's really cool about Dark Souls uh, and really infuriating about Dark Souls is that you once you've sort of mastered a section or feel like you've mastered a section, you just want to get to the next one. But the game doesn't do checkpoints like most games. It's not like you get around the corner and it's like checkpoint. Like you'll just you're gonna spawn in that room now that you've made it there. Like you'll get seven or eight rooms deep, screw up, and then you just go back to that bonfire, which is probably a long ways away. And all of the enemies have now respawned in their exact locations. So, you know, part of what was happening to me in Iron Keep was just I had I know how to do this room. But mm -hmm. it's going to take me 15 minutes to clear it out. And I don't want to fucking do that. I don't want to do it. And See, that's these what... are the things. These are the things that repel me from all things Dark Souls. Like, these are the sorts of things that would drive me absolutely crazy. But that's exact. like, that's what the game is trying to communicate to you. It's like, look, like, you can't take anything for granted. You Every inch in this game, you have to earn. And just because you earned it before doesn't mean you get to hold on to it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a game where, you know, if you find yourself, you know, sort of sprinting through sections and not uh, being careful, uh, then, you know, maybe it's time to turn the game off and come back to it later. Um, or uh, what is a common tactic is, you know, you'll go through a room a bunch of times, you'll clear it out, and then once you have an understanding of what the enemy behavior is, you can just weave through everybody. Uh, because what actually happens uh, when you fight the bosses in this game is the very rarely is the checkpoint slash bonfire uh, right outside the boss door. Uh, oftentimes, right. it is like two rooms away. So one of the last puzzles before you actually worry about how you even fight the boss is figuring out, how do I get to the boss without getting hit? How do I get to the boss yeah. without engaging with any enemies? Um, because uh, oftentimes, you jump into a boss, and then you just get your ass whooped, and you don't spend any time figuring out the strategy of what you need to do. So you're trying to find a way to get to that boss as quickly as possible uh, so that you can focus on figuring out what they're doing, what your strategy is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm in, in that stage in, in Dark Souls 2 for, for folks that uh, know what I'm talking about. I've collected the four great souls um, and am now headed to the castle. Um, you know, the, the four great souls are basically four different paths you can go down at uh, the game's main hub and fight, you know, sort of the bosses at the end of that, gain their soul, and then you can use that to unlock something to move on. Um, so, yeah. I'm you're just, nowhere near, like, the end at this point. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I don't have a good okay. sense of, of where I'm at. Uh, I've certainly completed a good chunk of the game. I'd mm -hmm. probably say in, my gut feeling says half. And okay. I'm probably more than half. I'm probably like half to two thirds. Um, okay. And I'm not. I'm curious how Dark Souls Two works in relation to Dark Souls. In that, the second half of Dark Souls just kind of, if you have a certain build, it just sort of rolls over and it's over. Uh, you can just kind of steamroll through. Um, I don't know if Dark Souls Two is the same way, uh, but I'm looking forward to finding out this weekend. I should take a break. I think I'm going to take a break from Dark Souls 2 and play something else at least tomorrow uh, or maybe even tonight. Uh, I do want to I want to play Bioshock Infinite, Burial C Part 2. I want to play Ground Zeroes and I'm I'm I could just play nothing but Dark Souls, but other games exist, I guess. Yeah, it also sounds like uh at least according to current uh Twitter 
signals coming out there that the new episode of Wolf Among Us may be coming next week, perhaps. So that might be something we would be getting codes for in the near future if you wanted to check that out as well. Yeah, I'm a, I am excited for that. Yeah, I saw uh, Job, who is the... Job uh, tweeting about it. Yeah, the PR guy for Telltale saying that there should be something uh, in the mix for episode three. My guess is that's not going to come ne- next week. My guess is we have like a teaser for like a trailer mm-hmm. that actually comes week next after. week, and then it's maybe the week after. That's possible. That's distinctly possible. But, you know, you've got Infamous out there. Uh, there's, you know, you, you could finally dig into Luft Rousers, which is lots of fun. You should definitely try that at some point. I think point. I'm going to buy uh, that on my Vita. I feel like that's yeah, probably yeah. the place. Perfect. I have to, which means I now have to use Amazon credit to convert to PlayStation credit so that I can purchase Luft Rousers. Yeah, you should definitely put a purchase Luft Rousers. Uh, or you could get in on the uh, Galactic Civilizations 3, uh, you know, early access alpha thing that is going around, which I might actually do. I don't know why, but I think I might actually do that. Okay. I've never played one of those games before, and people talk about them in a way that makes them sound actually kind of interesting to me, so I want to try it. Hey, Alex, where's your review of Rambo? I don't know what you're talking about. Pretty sure you. I'm pretty sure you said you were going to finish that game. I said I was going to try, and oh, then I got to about wow. the two thirds yeah, part okay, of that yeah, game, sure, and I, yeah. I, other things came up. Other mm-hmm. games that I had to review came up, and then I, I honestly, do you still want a review of Rambo at this point? Does it really matter? I Don't know. fucking buy that game. There's my review. Mm, put that up on the site. Yeah, here's here is my entire review. Do not fucking buy this piece of shit. There you go. Have fun. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. That would be pretty great. Put it on the back of the box. Metacritic, one star. Do not fucking buy no, this game. No, fuck that. Zero stars. I'm implementing zero stars for all reviews from here on out. Uh, Mento in the chat mentions uh, someone should try the new Deception game. I used to really yeah. like those games. Those games were great. I've never played one. I remember Trapped. I remember the sort of pseudo-sequel that was Trapped. Uh, I did not play it, but I watched someone else play some of that. I don't really know anything about them other than you set an elaborate series of traps for uh, a bunch of characters who either have gigantic boobs or are mm-hmm. dudes with hell of armor. That's all. That's all I've been able to gather. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's kind of like what, like Dungeon Keeper esque, maybe? Like, well, no, sort of. I, like you're you're setting traps, and then heroes come in, and then you watch them die. But do you play as the hero? I don't know. I remember. I I, no I, it's a long running series. I know that like it got a lot of notoriety. Uh, and attention on like the PlayStation One, but it has continued to be a series, and I just haven't touched it in years. Maybe it was the PlayStation Two. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was a PS2 game, but yeah. So I I don't know. I I looked at that and I I, I thought about getting that for a second, being like, this sounds interesting. Then realizing it was a sixty dollars game, and it's like this doesn't seem interesting enough for sixty dollars. So I didn't mm. I didn't buy it. Mm. Yeah, you might have a point there. Um, yeah. So that's all I've played this week. It sounds like you. You mostly have just been plucking away at Infamous, and yeah, I mean we should probably just jump right in. Like we almost, I I almost said we should do you know a spontaneous uh, live discussion, except we had done one earlier in the day, and I was desperately catching up on email and other things from post GDC haze. But Facebook bought. Like you didn't get some. Yeah. What? What? No, say it's not like you didn't get some writing out there. No, that's true. But yeah, Facebook bought Oculus. For $400 million in cash and $1.6 billion in stock options. So in some ways, a $2 billion deal, but in some ways, $1.6 billion in funny money. Um, yeah. I wrote about it on the site this week, but I yes, what, are, what are your impressions 
of this Alex Navarro uh, as you've let it sink in since the news came out on Tuesday? My initial reaction uh, was probably the same reaction a lot of people had, which was not even one of necessarily rage or disgust, but just total, like, I there is literally no way I could have seen that coming. Uh, of all the companies in the world you would have ever expected to go out and spend money on something like Oculus Rift, Facebook would have been hovering somewhere near the bottom, near, like, Hooters and, you know, the, the Home Depot people. Like, it just it was not something I was expecting. Uh... I don't, you know, I, I read your piece. I've read a lot of the other pieces that have been floating around. It seems like the, the general consensus is a mixture of either you think it's a wait and see thing. Let's see what they're doing. You know, this could doesn't necessarily have to be a horrible situation. This doesn't necessarily mean doom for Oculus Rift. Uh, or you are doomsaying it right from the get-go. I am leaning on the side of not doomsaying this and saying, okay, yes, Facebook is a company that has some trust issues, uh, to say the least. It is a company that does not inspire a great deal of confidence uh, in, in a user base when they go out and they buy something. I mean, I know they, they effectively have kept Instagram going without a whole lot of issues, but I think there have been some some rumblings from that community ever since Facebook took over, and there have been some things that they did. Uh, well, they, did, they, that, they took out native uh, Twitter support. Uh, right. So, so what that means is not that you can't uh, post to Twitter, uh, from the Instagram app, but uh, so when like you load up your Twitter app uh, and you click on a picture, um, you know that loads in the app. Uh, right. But what uh, Facebook did uh, once it acquired Instagram was make it so that you have to go to Instagram's web interface in order to right. view those photos. It actually, like, I'll completely honest, like sometimes dissuades me from using Instagram because I know that less people are going to want to click on a link to a photo than just clicking on the photo uh, in. Uh, in the app itself. So yeah, right. they have made changes that are reflective of competitive, uh, you know, problems that they have, you know, with, with Instagram and, and how it relates to, to a, a social network servers like Twitter. So there've been changes, but you know, it hasn't drastically altered the service and what you right. get when you load the app. And I would have probably known that if I had ever actually used Instagram in my life, but I, but I haven't because I'm old and I'm scared of everything that's, that's new and hip. So that's great. Know, whatever. But uh, with that in mind, you know, reading what they had to say about the company and reading, you know, what the, the guys from Oculus have said uh, in, in the wake of all of this, you know, it doesn't give me the impression that Facebook is out to meddle in this thing and, you know, screw up what they have going. I mean, if anything, it just sounds like they want to give them the resources to make this a, a successful product, which sounds great on paper and could totally get fucked up at any point. But it doesn't seem like this is a situation where we shouldn't just give it the benefit of the doubt for the time being. I mean, yes, evil corporation coming in and swooping in and taking this thing that everyone thought was going to be independent and open and cool sucks. Like, nobody wants that to happen ever. But, you know, it's kind of the—I mean, the closest analog I can draw in my head is, you know, all those indie bands from, like, the 90s that started signing, you know, major label deals— Yes, there were this this small audience, this, you know, really dedicated audience of people that helped prop, you know, this thing up and make it into something that is sort of, you know, embedded in the, the gaming culture. And, you know, it started to get some success. And then it became, you know, this this now corporate entity and everyone feels kind of betrayed by it. I get that. I understand it. But that doesn't mean 
that Oculus itself is somehow going to be ruined by this automatically. If anything, it means that now they have the resources to turn this into a real product that can actually compete at retail with whatever Sony's doing and whatever Microsoft might be doing. Like, this seems like the opportunity to actually turn it into something legitimate. And, you know, as much as they might have said they wanted to stay independent and not necessarily, you know, become bought by a major entity, I don't think that was ever going to happen because... Hardware production is an extremely cost-intensive thing, and even with all the VC they'd raised, I don't think that was ever enough to make that product get to market with just what they had. The It's just one line in, in the piece I wrote, but the comparison I made was to the Pebble smartwatch, um, in, right. it, which was also a, a crowdfunded, independent, hobbyist sort of thing that, you know, whether or not smartwatches and things like that take off or if you want to use the general category of wearables that is, is used yeah. in the tech industry you know you have you know google apple all sorts of other companies uh, actively or seemingly actively you know if you're talking about apple uh making devices in these sorts of categories and pebble probably played a significant role in getting that rolling um but yeah. is pebble smartwatch going to be at the, at the let's say it takes off is it going to be at the center of the smartphone revolution to use a really lame phrase like probably not like they'll get credit as a footnote uh for being part of uh, what got all this started but being a small independent company they just can't do very much uh you may like your smartwatch uh your pebble smartwatch and all that but it's it's not going to be a mass market device and i think oculus saw an opportunity to not become a footnote like pebble was where right. they they Oculus becomes the reason that VR gets its shot, its moment in the sun. Doesn't mean it's going to succeed. It could easily be 3D uh, uh, all over again. But Oculus is the reason this is happening at all. And it very easily could have been that someone else just stepped in, took all the credit, uh, got the mainstream attention, and Oculus was just sort of like, well, they got it rolling. But just because you get yeah. something, just because you come up with the idea first, does it mean uh, that you're the one that uh, gets credit for doing it best or, you know, the one that brings it to market necessarily? Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the primary complaints I keep seeing about this whole thing is the, the notion that, you know, it's not a gaming company that bought it. You know, why 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 didn't the gaming company pick this up? And I, I think that's kind of the opposite of what anyone should actually want, because if, if say, like Microsoft bought it, then that product would then only probably support Microsoft, you know, approved games. Like if, you know, EA went out and bought that thing, like who's to say they wouldn't turn that thing into something that only, you know, is is applicable to EA products. Like this is a company that has no real stake in the industry insofar as, you know, whether or not like it's a platform for dumb social games that a lot of people don't like, but it's not like it has no direct competitors in the major gaming space, which is where this thing still seems to be headed. So, you know, yeah, maybe it might, you know, it has it has a corporate overlord, but there's nothing to suggest that it will somehow become limited to only Facebook technologies because, you know, Facebook has bought this. It seems like, if anything, they just wanted to keep it developing on the same path that it always was. You know, I, th I think what's going to be most telling is what happens in the next couple of months because, you know, I'm cu I think it's curious they didn't announce any of the benefits of this acquisition up front. Right. Uh, the if you uh, I think it's Palmer Lucky I think his last name is, is yeah. Lucky uh, yeah. is the uh, the the founder of uh, Oculus the company that makes 
uh, the Rift, and he basically started doing uh, damage control on Reddit uh, almost uh, immediately in sort of the Oculus uh, subreddit, uh, where uh, a good portion of the community is sort of centralized around sort of VR discussion. And you know, he outlined and made promises that you know obviously he could he could break, uh, could could choose to not be true uh, later down the line. But you know, he said you'll never have to have a Facebook account in order to develop for the Oculus. You're never going to have to have a Facebook account in order to publish games that use VR. Uh, you know, the Facebook interface is not going to get slapped onto the Oculus Rift. Uh, there has been pushback on the New York Times report that said Facebook was going to redesign uh, the Oculus Rift to include uh, their interface uh, and, and their logo and some other things. That has been categorically denied, and Paul Lucky said that's not going to happen. Uh, and some of the things he talked about uh, were that, look, be patient. The reason this is going to change what we get to do is coming. Uh, the, 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 the things that he hinted at were, one, that the Oculus Rift was built out of mobile computing parts uh, in order to become cost-effective, but that's not what would result in the highest quality product they could create. That's no longer going to be an issue. Uh, the indication seems to be that they'll be able to, uh, do, to, to buy the parts they want to buy and sell the thing at cost, uh, it seems to be what Facebook is going to allow them to do, which will result in a higher quality device than we would have gotten if they'd produced it independently. Um, and the other thing is that Oculus is going to be able to go out and spend money to produce content, uh, to give developers money to go make games uh, for the Oculus rather than waiting for them to come uh, to the Oculus. But those are things that didn't happen on day one, aren't news that you get a part of an acquisition, but could certainly turn the tide and earn more goodwill towards uh, you know some of the ire that's been directed at the buyout so far. Uh, it's just a matter of you know what does soon mean? Is that six months from now? Is that a couple of days from now? But I think the moment we see that stuff, you maybe get people getting a little more on board with what happened. Yeah. There's some people in the chat talking about, you know, waiting and seeing and, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it and all that. And it's like, well, you know, that kind of should have been your attitude with this whole thing from the get-go. I mean, as much as Oculus sounded great on paper when it was still independent and it sounded really cool, like, there was always a possibility that whole thing could have blown up at any point. You know, as much as they had the VC and they had the development and they had, you know, obviously the talent, especially once they brought Carmack and whoever he brought with him in... You know, there was always a chance this whole thing was going to fucking blow up in their faces. And in this case, now they actually have a backer. They are, it seems like they are in a position now where they are actually going to get this product out. And, you know, yes, you should be cautious. You should be thinking about this and saying, and looking at everything they're saying and going, yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical of this until it is out on shelves and you are seeing what it actually is. Right now, it seems like it's headed in a good direction. The Facebook thing is weird. I have my own problems with that company. I don't necessarily even like having a Facebook account anymore. But I also don't think that, you know, this ruins the whole thing just automatically. Give it the time. Let it see. Let it come together. Let it, you know, let them produce this device for, you know, for retail market. And just let's see what happens. Because, you know, there was always a chance that even if they didn't get this sale and they just went off VC and made it on their own, it could have gone to market and ended up doing nothing. So... It could have gone either way, regardless. I suspect in the short term, this changes absolutely nothing. You know, I share yeah. people's concerns about what this means for the long term. Um, but, you know, that I think we're going to get exactly what we want. I think we're going to get, in fact, better than we could have gotten. I, I think Facebook, if we uh, 
I think in the short term, we can probably take them at their word that the Oculus Rift will come out as a higher quality device than we would have gotten otherwise. And it will come out, you know, I don't know what at cost means. I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I know what that means technically, but you know, w- right. what that means in terms of what the ma- machine is going to cost and, and, and things like that. I don't know, but I think in the short term, there are no worries. I think long term, yeah. you know, what that device is, how it's integrated into our culture, uh, what that means for games. I think those are, you know, think about the long-term impacts of lots of people strapping on virtual reality devices. Like that is a fine concern to share. Uh, I, I think that is uh, completely uh, makes sense. But I think in the short term, I think we're fine. I think in the next 18 yeah. months, we're going to get our consumer Oculus Rift. It's going to be great. We're going to get uh, a lot of cool stuff out of it. And you know what happens after that? Eh, you know who's to say? I don't know. Like it's. It's impossible uh, without being in the room. Uh, it's impossible with with the uh, speed at which this deal seems to have been hammered out. It really sounds like Facebook doesn't even know necessarily what yeah. they completely bought. It really seems like they look at this as a potential long-term bet on something that may have a huge impact on society, and they could be at the forefront of uh, not only monetizing it, but sort of shaping uh, what it becomes. And so that makes yeah. sense for them, um, given that it's a pretty... Uh, cheap bet, uh, all told, on on potentially a huge part of society going forward, and I yeah. think we we probably just get that rift maybe sometime next summer or next fall, and things kind of go the way they were going to go before. And if things get weird, that stuff usually happens after a while. Yeah, I think the thing if we're if we're gonna be worried about anything, let's just be worried about you know the health of Facebook in general because that company. What do they spend? Sixteen billions on that with that that WhatsApp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, a lot of that is stock, so a lot of that is speculative money. But you know, the way they're going around acquiring stuff, you know, you have to hope that company really does have some deep coffers because I know they're like the publicly they're trading okay, but you know, I don't necessarily get the impression they can keep throwing around money like this and still can remain a healthy company if they keep this up. Well, I mean, you know, not to get into tech talk with uh, Patrick and Alex, but my, you know, what I've read and my understanding of the those acquisitions are that both Instagram and WhatsApp represent Facebook uh, buying users, essentially. Right. That's why you'll often see the analysis of those acquisitions being how much did Facebook pay per user? Does that make it uh, a worthwhile purchase? Um, and, you know, a billion dollars seemed crazy for Instagram at the time. But uh, in in the interim, uh, it has come out that that was actually probably very cheap uh, for the amount of users that don't use Facebook uh, that it purchased. Uh, you know, WhatsApp is extremely popular abroad, um, uh, brings in a lot of people in markets that don't use things like Facebook. And, you know, Instagram, I know, was very popular amongst the younger crowd uh, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily post them to places like Twitter and Facebook. So, I mean, those for, for them, those are more like defensive measures. You know, it's it's yeah. acquisitions that bring in users that maybe might use Facebook. But for them, they're just interested in more eyeballs. And, yeah. um, you know, they're they're doing that before those services become disruptive to their core model, um, which, you know, Twitter is. Um, so it's like, well, you might as well control those things and let them be disruptive and own them uh, rather than them uh, having been disruptive and uh, kind of take you out at some point. 
Yeah, but users by themselves are not money. So, you know, you got to hope that those actually translate into something beneficial for the company long term. So, yeah. So, well, well, we'll see. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm still super bullish and excited about VR. I don't know what its long term market prospects are. I share people's concerns. It could be the return of 3D. I think it could very easily go down that path. But I think what, you know, VR isn't going to be mainstream for, I think, five to ten years. I think yeah. it really is a deep... If it becomes that at all. But it will, what, what I mean by that is that I think VR is similar to, uh, you know, what we're seeing with, like, Google Goggles, uh, and, or Google Glass, rather, uh, and then and things like that, is that people having this device that you're putting on your face is going to keep it in novelty status for a lot of people because right. every, everyone that I've given it to, I'm like, hey, this is super cool. You should use it. They do really like it. Like People get over that fact, but the idea of like wearing that uh, outside of no- the novelty factor I think is a huge hurdle for a lot of people, and rightfully so. It's super weird. Yeah. Uh, but imagine you know, in five, ten years if VR is just like, you know, it's in your contact lenses or it's in, you know, your, your your eyeglasses and the lenses themselves. You know, all you're doing is clicking a button and then, like, the VR stuff is on. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how all that works, but that seems like the end game for any of this stuff is it being uh, completely inobtrusive and just sort of naturally part of things we're already wearing. And then that's where the, the real potential uh, for VR comes into play. But... You know, that stuff doesn't happen until VR is mass market and prices come down, components yeah. shrink, uh, and, and they can start working on getting those things smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Or, you know, it could always get... Did you see Her? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, but I'm, there's a, I'm there's, looking forward There's to it. actually a surprisingly strong video game element uh, in that movie where there he is playing games and it is this giant projection, like sort of almost holographic thing that comes out and is like kind of surrounding him and he's like staring at this giant image that takes up his entire living room but it's not on a screen mm-hmm. so that you know that that seems like a cool different way to sort of approach it beyond just like wearing a giant headset and that was you know that movie takes place like what 15 20 years in the future so who knows yeah i, I mean i think this is all stuff that you know we're going to see in our lifetime and you know how it plays out in the mass market is is you know anyone to say but you know when you you know one of the generic ideas people have come up with is you know, imagine, you know, at the Super Bowl, like if you could, if there was a camera that was going all the way down and was down in the field and you could put on an Oculus Rift and look around and see the game happening in real time, like that sounds, that sounds pretty fucking cool. Like that sounds, yeah. I would pay to do that for a Bears game. Um, and, you know, what would you pay hundreds of dollars a year for all 16 Bears games? I mean, that's how you monetize it, right? Like that, yeah, that probably like if I went in out with it with a bunch of people and there was just a rift in the room and we took turns and we gave each other pink eye during the course of the game, like that sounds yeah, that sounds reasonable. God, we're gonna have like terrible pink eye outbreaks once this whole shared VR thing becomes much more ubiquitous, isn't it? People need to learn how to clean their shit. It's not that hard. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it comes down to is that you get a wipe and you wipe off that Oculus Rift. Yeah. Please wipe it down as much as humanly possible. Uh, but yeah, I you know I think stuff like that sounds super cool, or like the Olympics. You know, if you could be yeah. you know down, like you know we'll see. Uh, but that that sounds potentially interesting, and that sounds like when you start thinking about how does Facebook monetize it, it's like like there you go. Like it you know games you, you know you can take a slice of the pie 
um, in, in some way because you know they're buying the dev kits and things like that. But um, you know, and they, and they also you know Oculus pointed out that, like you're not gonna have to publish on Facebook. Like you can publish on Steam. You know, you can you can do it wherever you want. Like it's not like they're going to set up a Facebook platform uh, where you have to publish your games. That, that use the Oculus. So, you know, I think the, the monetization stuff comes later. I mean, Zuckerberg on the conference call uh, after the acquisition mentioned, you know, outright that they expect to take a loss on the hardware and yeah. that they're they're thinking five, ten years in terms of how this pays out for them. So I, I think in the short term, it's... I understand people... I understand... Max Temkin uh, blogged about this. Um, I understand the angst over... You know, Oculus was a potential revolution in the technology and media industry that was funded and created by hobbyists and had the money to be completely independent and be disruptive and interesting without becoming part of a multinational corporation. And on that, and that is a really cool idea. Um, yeah. And the fact that we've lost that is absolutely a loss. And I, I completely agree and understand uh, being upset that, you know, it has gone just the way that it always goes, which is that uh, we proved there was a market. That market led to a buyout. Right. And, but yeah, again, we all wanted that. We all wanted to see independent Oculus Rift, but, you know, that just wasn't in the cards. And I think that, you know, given the situation and given what those guys are saying, it could have been a lot worse. And I also think, you know, some, someone was saying the other day that uh, John Carmack is sort of like the canary in the mine for that company. Like, if he starts saying, like, you know, this is a problem, this is bad, this is an issue, like, that's when maybe we should start worrying. But right now, Carmack seems like he's perfectly fine and he's just doing what he's doing. And, you know, that, that says to me that, okay, at least for right now, there's nothing to immediately worry about. Yeah, John Carmack doesn't need to work. That guy works yeah. because he chooses to, because he wants to. And I, I think yeah. that's actually probably, you know, it's a good way to look at it. If, if John Carmack leaves in the next six months, you know, that's probably a reason to be concerned. Um, yeah. Um, or maybe that just means he's finished his engineering work. I, you know, it's hard to know. But, yeah, yeah, I think John Carmack, hopefully they allow him to remain as unfiltered as he has always been. Um, and maybe that is, you know, a decent indicator of where this might go. Whatever you know, him and him and Zuckerberg are gonna start having like coding slumber parties at this point. <laughs> we start hanging out, you know, doing each other's hair, you know, having having code offs. I great. look forward to this. They should live stream that. <laughs> It'll be gross. Uh, was there any other news? There's been some other news. There's some been other some other stuff. Um, it, it came out that Seth Killian, uh, formerly of Capcom, uh, one of the sort of outspoken. Um, Visible faces for Capcom's fighting franchises who had gone to Sony Santa Monica uh, in a lead design role uh, left there back in December. Um, yeah. Which I knew about, and I just thought everyone knew. I figured that was not not news. So I guess maybe I should have reported that months ago uh, when, when I knew about it. But, yeah, he has left. Uh, unclear where he has gone. But uh, it follows on the back of, you know, Sony Santa Monica having uh, a big second project canceled. Layoffs happening there. Uh, it follows on Amy Henning leaving Naughty Dog. And then uh, the news that also this week that Justin Richmond, who was uh, the director on Uncharted 4, uh, Amy was the creative director, uh, and he had worked on uh, the Uncharted series in the past in a lead capacity, has also left uh, and is now going to Riot Games. So yeah. it seems like Uncharted 4 is troubled. 
Yeah, it seems like internal stuff at Sony is troubled, at least on the development side. You know, they have a lot of good relationships with outside publishers and obviously with indie developers these days, but it sounds like stuff in the internal studios is not going super hot these days, which is concerning for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, you obviously want Uncharted 4 to be good, but when their lead writer and game director both leave within a month of each other, like, that's that's a bad sign. That is a bad sign. Yeah, it's hard to believe when, when Sony says, like, oh, this isn't affecting production at all. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, yeah. Sh- uh-huh. Got, we got, Yeah. When you haven't announced a release date, it can't affect production because we don't know what the production was aiming for. So right. if that game was meant to come out in November but suddenly comes out in the spring, like... It didn't affect production at all because you didn't know any better. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, that's, I don't know, it's troubling. And, you know, I doubt we'll get any straight answers from anyone for a while on what's going on over there. But, uh, you know, hey, I guess we'll know something once they start showing Uncharted 4 or whenever the hell that is. I assume it must be E3, right? Yeah, hard to imagine that we wouldn't see what they've been up to uh, at E3 yeah. in some capacity. But, you know, curious to see who they put in place um, uh, for that, you know, whether those are visible names whether anyone from The Last of Us comes over to kind of make, make you know, guide that project through or whether they kind of continue doing their own thing. Ah, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, Naughty Dog has always seemed like a very no troubles over there. Steady. Uh, yeah, very steady. But, you know, there was uh, someone mentioned this on, on Twitter. I can't remember who, but, you know, as much as it's a bummer to see those people leave, like these are talented individuals going to do cool stuff at other places. Uh, yeah. And that's always a good thing. You know, if Amy starts her own studio, that's great. Um, you know, Justin is going off to uh, to Riot, which I could not care less about because I don't really play these MOBA games that everyone keeps talking about. But, uh, you know, Riot is a place that has a lot of money, is hiring a lot of people. Um, so it, it's not a, a huge surprise uh, that you know, yeah. he might be attracted over there. But, um, you know, I don't think it necessarily indicates that Sony's in a lot of trouble as much as, you know, things like this happen. And, yeah. uh, you know, trouble will be if the game quality dips uh, in the next uh, year. But, you know, it certainly makes me less confident that they're going to have a steady drip of uh, really good games in the next 18 months, uh, which is... Yeah. Uh, what I'm more curious about, uh, you know, when we see a little bit more of what they've got up their sleeves uh, production-wise at E3. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, Sony's not the only people or only company that's having departures lately. Uh, Koji Igarashi has left Konami mm-hmm. uh, as of the last couple of weeks. Mark Witten left Microsoft, which is, you know, I think came up right before GDC. So, you know, it's like there's 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 a lot of turnover and a lot of change going around the industry. It's not just Sony having these 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 deals, so... Uh, yeah, and uh, related to Naughty Dog, uh, there, it's this is so. Sony software marketing manager, I'm gonna butcher this name, and I apologize. Sirkan Saloon, I would want to say maybe that's his name. Uh, told CNN Turkey that uh, they were asked about a sequel to The Last of Us, and uh, according to a translation that IGN did. Uh, he said, there's no information about a new Last of Us game, but I can share this knowledge. As of this summer, The Last of Us will be coming to PS4, both on PSN and physically. The PS4 version will also include the DLC, so we'll be able to play Left Behind as well. Uh, which, that is a surprisingly straightforward answer uh, yeah. from someone, which is pretty great. And then, of course, Sony categorically denied uh, this thing that is, you know, uh, was on CNN. Um, but... Uh, 
you know, would I know anything about that and be able to just kind of wink at this camera? Like, I don't, I couldn't say, mm-hmm. I couldn't mm-hmm. say, Alex, that's not you something I wink. could do. Okay. You could not wink. That's fair not, enough. I but, couldn't. Well, and since we're just speculating wildly here, uh, let's just say that uh, a PS4 port of The Last of Us makes all the sense in the world. It would be the kind of thing that would make a ton of sense for them to be making. And summer sounds like a great time for them to possibly, maybe, who knows, release something like that. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, that's weird. So... Yeah, uh, you having seizures? Is it you having an aneurysm? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I'm so surprised at this uh, news about uh, Leland Yi. Yeah. Want, so let's talk about that. Yeah. For a why don't minute. you guide Why don't you guide us into the the Leland Yi news of the week? So just in case you don't remember who Leland Yi is, uh, he uh, was sort of the the the, the successor uh, of Jack Thompson to the anti-video game throne. Uh, he spent a lot of time and a lot of California state money, uh, trying to get, I can't remember if he was trying, was he trying to get games banned or was he just trying to get like, like tax companies on, uh, on, on violent video games? Um, let's see. Let's, let's look up Lee the Knee. Well, now all the headlines are about. Right. Damn arrest. Um, I can't remember exactly what, but he was definitely an, an anti-violent video game uh, activist. That was his thing. Yep. He was trying to keep the violent video games out of the hands of our children because they were, you know, morally bankrupt. And, you know, he was taking companies to task for all this shit. Uh, and he ended up, you know, putting a piece of legislation so that ended up getting sh- shot down. Like, none of what he actually tried to do came to fruition. Well, he was part, uh, he was part and- of what essentially led to the Supreme Court decision, right? That's right. That's right. That was that that did involve Lee Lin Yi, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which he was one of the the great opponents of all things violent video game. Yeah, which and and you know ironically led to, you know, a really important decision that led to uh, a really great protection of video games as a medium going forward because of that Supreme yeah. Court decision. So with all that in mind, uh, he has sort of been off the radar for a while. He ran unsuccessfully for mayor of San Francisco. He's apparently running for, I I think he was running for like secretary of state or something in California. Uh, But he was arrested this week uh, on corruption charges and a variety of other things pertaining to smuggling guns illegally into the country. Uh, He was uh, busted by an undercover agent who was posing as a mobster that... (laughs) <laughs> that apparently he tried, he had campaign debts he was trying to erase, so he decided that he was going to help this fake mobster try and smuggle guns into America through shady connections he had, uh, which involved uh, including Chinatown gang member. Uh, I can't remember what his real his actual name is, but he is referred to as Shrimp Boy hmm. uh, in all of the uh, the documentation on this and. He was apparently known as Uncle Leland in the 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 you know, the annals of this group, this, this group of Chinese Freemasons who were probably actually just a triad front. And that is moral hypocrisy is certainly something that exists in politics and is everywhere. And people get busted for corruption and all sorts of horrible shit all the time. But to literally go from railing against violent, you know, media and saying that, you know, violent media has no place in our society to literally trying to illegally smuggle guns into America is one of the most stark examples of that I can possibly conjure ever. I'm pretty sure at some point I read some article where he said he was trying to hook some people up with rocket launchers. Oh my god. 
Oh my god, dude! Yeah, the guy who was against Grand Theft Auto can hook you up with mad rocket launchers. Like, how fucking amazing and perfect and just completely insane is that? Completely insane. It would go from that that side of the equation so far to the other one. Like, so much so that you have to, like, someone was saying that that dude was just like a viral marketing campaign for some GTA thing. And you know what? I would believe it at this point because that is such an insane, just, I can't, ah. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful I- irony. I, the, that is, that is karma of the ultimate caliber. Like, it put a big smile on my face when, when I saw it, you know, you don't. You know, he has his beliefs, and, you know, I disagree with him. Uh, you know, you, you try and respect that as much as you can, but uh, the way he went about it, uh, the the kinds of beliefs he had, like, eh, this is pretty great. <laughs> At the same time, can you think of a better smokescreen for all your illegal mob activities than to just focus everyone's attention on getting rid of violent media? Mm-hmm. No one suspects the guy... Who is going around, you know, stumping, you know, to, to, to remove violent media from the hands of our children to be a fucking gangster. Like, no one, no one sees that coming. You're, you're, so, uh, you're it, saying he's like Octodad. Yeah. He's a completely normal politician until he's not. It's, ah. Uh, I really enjoy I, how much you enjoy this. It's, I mean, look, I try not to engage in Scheidenfred too much, but, like, that guy, man... That guy sucked. And that guy sucked not just because of the video game stuff. Like, he was a pretty shitty politician all around. Like, most of the stuff he got himself involved in was pretty worthless. And now that I realize it was all just a front for him to, you know, do his, like, shitty mob activities, like, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Leland Yee. Well? Leland Yee. Don't come after video games. Because... It'll bite you in the ass, I guess. Is that the lesson? Yeah. Is that the lesson about? Is that the lesson of this? I mean, I mean, no. But at the same time, that has kind of proven true over the years, hasn't it? I mean, Jack Thompson certainly mm-hmm. didn't end up very well in the end of all of that. Leland E. obviously has not ended up very well uh, in his situation. I'm trying to think who else there even would be, but they're those are like the two main ones, right? Yeah, we attract a lot of crazies for some reason. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. Video games. Ugh. Video games. Halo Spartan Assault coming to Steam, which cool. uh, that game is apparently not very good, but hopefully that is an indication that we will see uh, more from Microsoft on Steam in the future. I know that there were, at some point, like a leaked Steam list of like games coming, and Halo 2 was mentioned, I think, on there at some point. So maybe Spartan Assault is just dipping the toes uh, to a more uh, collaborative relationship with the Steam marketplace. I'm That would sh- certainly buy Microsoft some goodwill to put their games uh, up there at some point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this makes sense. But at the same time, you know, I'm not exactly going to run out and go buy, you know, the PC copy of Halo because eh, I don't really need that at this point. But Yeah, and it certainly doesn't mean that suddenly... You know, you could expect that Halo 5 is going to have a PC version at the same time. I, I highly, yeah. highly doubt that. But, yeah. you know, even back catalog uh, would be cool. So maybe that, maybe that's what we see uh, at some point. Um, 
-hmm. Some people are bringing up Joe Lieberman in regards to the whole mm -hmm. anti-video games thing. Yeah, you know, he didn't end up as badly as everyone else, but he could not possibly be any more irrelevant at this point. So That's definitely true. Yeah. He retired, right? I think so, yeah. Dive Kick, developer Iron Galaxy, to work on the second season of Killer Instinct. Yeah, I saw that. And, uh, you know, if Chicago it, Double Helix is... Yeah, Double Helix is moving on, obviously, because they they were bought by Amazon not that long ago. They're working on other things, I assume, and I cannot think of a better company to take over that project than than Iron Galaxy. Dave Lang seems well suited to that sort of project, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, it's it seems like uh, it actually seems like a really good fit. They have certainly proved they know how to uh, work on a fighting game. Uh, you know, whatever you think of Dive Kick, if you look at their work on what they've done with Capcom over the years, uh, those guys yeah. they know the shit. And so working uh, in a little more creative role on the second season of Killer Instinct, which I just love the fact that they're called seasons. I think that's really cool and smart and interesting. Uh, curious yep. to see how that uh, sort of plays out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much there is to say except that, yeah, I, th I think it makes a lot of sense. And I'm looking forward to taunting Dave Lang about it in the future. It's not like we don't already have a whole host of things we can taunt Dave Lang about, but you know, let's throw one more on the pile. Why yeah, yeah, those things are archived on our website for yeah. all to see. You can and should watch them by all means. Uh, uh, speaking of, well, I'm, I just mentioned just before uh, we get to what you're going to yeah. talk about that if people have any questions they want to drop in as we wind this down, given that this is on a time delay, uh, now would be the time to do that. Go that on. That's a good point. Uh, I was just going to say, speaking of companies, uh, Electronic Arts did not win Worst Company in America in 2014. They were eliminated uh, from, from contention relatively early in that tournament this year, which maybe gives me a little bit of hope that people are finally starting to get a little bit of perspective on this. Whole who's, thing, uh, who's, in the, who's in the running this year? Is it like Time Warner Cable uh, or something? I, Bank I of America is in there. Yep. Time Warner, I'm pretty sure, is in there. Mm -hmm. Um there, uh, you know what? Let me let me look it up right now because I haven't actually looked to see who most of the other companies are. I just saw that they got busted out of the tournament, which good. America, 2014. They lost to Time Warner, which is correct. Yeah, that is a correct thing. I mean, especially uh, with let's the... see, Walmart, uh, Coke Industries, yeah, Monsanto, mm -hmm. McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Ticketmaster, Live Nation, mm -hmm. American Airlines. Yeah, those are... Those are yeah. much... Yeah, Coke Industries, like, yeah. EA is not as insidious as Coke Industries. No, on, and son. I don't even think they're as insidious as Time Warner. So that, you know, that fits. Comcast is in there, obviously, and that makes I sense. Bet, I think it'd be funny if it was Time Warner versus Comcast in the finals, given the buyout that it, they're trying to do. The way the bracketing is set, that could happen. Oh, man. Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, uh. That's all I got news-wise. Let's see. Uh, Death Sandwich asked this to you, Alex. Uh, <laughs> do you think all these big-name guys leaving, and gals, I'm going to edit that, uh, leaving their studios could potentially mean more small studio indie games with big studio talent and hype capabilities? I think that question should be for you as well. But uh, my answer to that is yes. I mean, I would hope so. I mean, that's sort of what it seems to some of these things seem to be angling toward anyway. I mean, Igarashi specifically said that he wanted to go form his own studio uh, on a smaller scale. And obviously, you know, that's what Ken Levine was angling to do when he was, you know, taking down Irrational. So it's like it seems like some of these people are, are trying to move toward creating smaller teams to just kind of make more, you know, 
I don't want to say passion projects necessarily, but things that, you know, they're, they're more in creative control of. And I'm all for that personally. I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I think why not give that, you know, you've been working at a, a publisher like Konami for like 20 years. Why not strike out on your own and try something different for a while? Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely uh, a positive to, to see some of these uh, folks with um, a lot of sway uh, that can, you know, raise money um, and, and kind of start off on their own. Uh, to try that. I'm super curious to see where those folks end up. You know, I mean, we've seen, you know, exoduses in the past. You know, EA is sort of the common example. You know, we saw 17-bit uh, come out of that. We saw uh, Supergiant Games come out of that. So, yep. you know, we'll see ha- what happens out of Irrational. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it's always sad uh, to see people lose their jobs. But, you know, a lot of these are very talented folks, um, you know, whether they choose to leave or are asked to leave. Uh, they they tend to land on their feet and uh, produce interesting things down the line that only helps only helps produce cool new games. Yeah. Let's so, yes. see. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, Mafuchi asks, do you think we'll ever see companies taking investments from normal people like uh, mass small-time VCs? VC is venture capitalist. Uh, for folks that don't understand that term, that is – rich people in silicon valley investing uh money in sort of startups uh in exchange for being part of buyouts uh and stuff when those companies eventually sell and you know for example is what he's pitching here basically like a kickstarter for venture capital i mean stuff like this exists uh i don't know the name off the top of my head but right when kickstarter was really coming into its own around the time of, of double fine uh proving how much money you could raise for something like games um i was getting um, pitches from uh, folks starting uh, similar services, except these ones would have equity uh, involved. I don't know how successful right. those have been. I guess the fact that I can't name them off the top of my head uh, is an indication. Uh, but there is no reason why someone couldn't start one. Uh, you know, maybe there are legal reasons. Maybe I'm speaking too off the cuff and, and informed. But th- you could certainly have a competing service that uh, allowed equity in the game. Uh, I yeah. don't think people game companies want that i think they like the independence um i don't think it's as simple as game companies being like yes we do want uh, all these people who are putting money into our games to have equity instead of just having pre-ordered uh a game that that might or might not come out so uh, it is possible i don't expect it to take off because once equity gets involved it becomes very very complicated extremely complicated so yeah i i i don't see that working on a large scale and certainly not on like you know a kickstarter type scale uh and you know the reason those vc companies exist is because they have lots of capital to throw around they're you know trying to you know hand out uh controlling shares to you know hundreds of thousands of people in in a sort of vc situation like that god i can only imagine what kind of a nightmare that would be yeah there's all sorts of legal issues and it would it would be a I don't. I don't see that taking off. I. It, I suppose it's possible that there will be one or two instances where something like that makes sense. But I yeah. do not expect uh, it's going to. Uh, it's. Go, it's going to be something we see yeah. uh, on the popularity of something like Kickstarter. Uh, Xcast just asked me when is the next Power Bombcast mm. next week. There you go. We're taping it next week, so there you go. You ever going to do the, your movie show again? Yeah, so Rory and I tried to record one last week, and then Skype broke in the mm. middle of it, like just would not connect to a call. Great. So we've been trying to find another time to sit down and finish recording that, uh, and that has not happened yet. So, yeah. Eventually is what you're Eventually. saying. Eventually. We will do it. We will do it. 
Uh, we'll close on this question. Uh, Black Lagoon asks, what do you think of Molyneux's prediction that the indie bubble is going to burst? Uh, he, uh, I don't know who he was talking to, but he was talking to some outlet at GDC in which he said that there's basically an indie bubble. And at some point, uh, it's, as Black Lagoon points out, uh, going uh, to burst. Uh, I think what's that's unlikely, or at least what, what, what might happen uh, that seems to make a little more sense is that uh, when Steam, I believe, inevitably um, becomes an open-ended store like the App Store where you just have to meet a certain of, certain set of requirements to be published, then it doesn't have to do anything with quality, doesn't have anything to do with whether Steam wants it there or not. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, fulfilling a, a bunch of checkboxes and then publishing it. Uh, you know, what will happen then is uh, a difficulty of curation and discoverability, which continues to be a problem on all marketplaces, especially more open ones. And I think as far as an indie bubble bursting, I think what happens is that a place like Steam doesn't become a guarantee of success anymore. There used to be a time, uh, especially pre-early access, uh, where if a game was on the front page of Steam, like you're rich, man, you got it. Uh, or at least you're going to be successful and be able to make your next game. Uh, that's going to be less and less true when we're seeing dozens and dozens of games going up on that marketplace every single day. Uh, it's, yeah. It means that Steam has to get better about curation. Um, it means uh, that uh, independent developers have to get better about promoting themselves and learning what PR and community building is, uh, which a lot of them uh, struggle with uh, because it, it's its own talent and skill in its, in its own right. So in so much as a bubble bursting, I just think it's going to become more difficult uh, for independent games uh, to get uh, noticed uh, when there is just more of them out there. Yeah, I remember the, the one part of his quote that I, I kind of, I don't know if it necessarily applies to the, the game industry. He was talking about the cycles that things tend to go in where, I think he was comparing the music industry where it's like there, there are times when, you know, the, the independent scene becomes you know sort of the dominant factor and then there's the times when you know everything that comes out is kind of more manufactured and you know done by by major companies and he was sort of trying to apply that to games in the sense that you know okay you know right now indies are the big thing you know they're kind of out they're they're definitely out they're grabbing more attention and you know if not outselling then certainly you know becoming more significant culturally than a lot of the games being produced by major companies but he seemed to be implying that over time, that will just, you know, go back to the way it was because that's how these cycles sort of work. I don't know if that entirely applies here. Uh, I think he, you're right in the sense that, you know, the, the only thing that can really kill the indie scene right now is just an overabundance of content that, you know, isn't necessarily able to get out there and be seen because of, like you said, the way Steam just sort of kind of, you know, throws everything up there and, you know, there's no real barrier to entry. Um, I also think Molly News... I mean, if I'm completely frank, he's kind of a, 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 he's an aging man on kind of the fringe of the whole game industry at this point. Like, he knows a lot. He has made a lot of games. But his actual, like, involvement in stuff seems pretty tangential these days. And, you know, I don't necessarily know that I would go to him first when looking for sage advice on how the, the patterns of the industry will progress from here, personally. I think that's fair. And I think yeah. that... Uh, what are you going to play this weekend? I'm going to finish Infamous. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start in on Galsiv 3. We'll see how I actually get into that, but I'm going to try it. I want, I've want. i always wanted to play one of those games. Okay. I just never had a chance. I'm in. I'm I want to try it. You should, you should yeah. stream some of it this weekend. I want to, I want to see you play Galsiv 3 or yeah, fail, give it, or well, fail to play Galsiv 3. 
I'm going to start be. it first and see how I do, and okay. if I'm able to kind of pick it up, then I might try streaming it. We'll see. Uh -huh. But uh, other than that, I don't really have any uh, specific plans. Just going to play some games. Uh, I'm going to a show tonight and, you know, going to see Sabotage tomorrow night with, you know, because fucking Schwarzenegger might as well. And That yeah, movie looks terrible. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go see it anyway. Okay. All right. Good. Someone's got to. I know what I'm getting into. To. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking Schwarzenegger. I go see Schwarzenegger movies. It's just what I do. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably going to continue to pluck away at Dark Souls. Um, I why why my intention is to uh, play and finish Ground Zeroes this weekend, and then uh, at least start up on Bioshock Infinite Burial C Part Two. I'd like to check both of those out. It seems like those are both things I could reasonably finish on like a Saturday afternoon, um, and uh, just so I can try and keep pace with what else is happening out there given that I probably have another 20 hours or so in Dark Souls to get through. And I'm excited. I don't know if it happens tonight or tomorrow, but I am I will finally get to watch the new Paranormal Activity movie because I somehow didn't see that last one in the theater because while you go see crappy Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, I tend to see every horror movie. <laughs> so Yeah, there you go. See, we all have our, we have our weaknesses. We are, all have our failures of character. Mine is that I will go see any dumb Schwarzenegger movie that comes out. You, you'll see every stupid found footage horror movie that comes out. I heard this one was pretty good, but... Yeah, give it a shot. Why not? I appreciate... I bet it'll be great. I appreciate your sarcasm, you asshole. Um, what are you talking about? Boy, I'm ending this show. I'm done. I'm done talking right. to you. Um, so that is it. Uh, we will see you guys on Monday. Uh, and in about an hour... I will uh, be playing The Binding of Isaac on the site as we have uh, for a couple of weeks now. Uh, we seem to be moving towards a bit of an endgame in that, uh, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, it always depends on how the run goes, uh, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. And, uh, Alex, I will talk to you on Monday. Oh.